Let's go. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even fun. here back again and making data simple today i have jad chalawi he's the founder and ceo of telestouch and we had actually this is part two this is part two because we our first one was like a debate it was <laughs> it was like an hour-long debate and we get a lot more to talk about so then we find you in silicon valley yes in san jose and i happen to be in san jose Perfect. so we're here together yes and, we are. and the kansas city chiefs super bowl champions beat uh, the San Francisco, just make sure everybody knows why I'm sitting here in Silicon Valley, but you're not a football fan. But we have something in common. We What's have this? championship pedigree because the Raptors won the championship <laughs> at the NBA championship. Guy. <laughs> basketball guy. You need to follow professional football, no? I, I grew up in Lebanon and uh, the main sports are basketball, soccer, and tennis. So when I came here, football, hockey, baseball were all new flavors. All right. Hey, good. So let's jump right in. Last time we had a debate on the state and the need for a financial advisor. And I think if anything, we agreed on the unhealthy or the dysfunction of the business to some end. And that's where you come in with the technology to correct all this, right? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we came to the conclusion that what uh, advisor were doing in the past uh, was not bringing a lot of value to clients, which is only focusing on investments. We spoke about the fact that uh, markets are efficient, yet we discussed that uh, you still need people to help you guide the behaviors that can create more wealth, and you need a different engagement model to do so. You know, and I also followed up with a financial advisor after that discussion, and we had a, another debate and I think we ended that debate with, hey, people don't do what they say they're going to do a lot of times. Yeah. You need that healthy relationship. So, yes. no, I'm with you. And who won the debate? Did, did I win the debate? Uh, <laughs> he I'm, won't admit that I won. I'm, I'm going to no. give it to you. No. Because I'm, this is round two, and now we're going to see round two. I think you did fantastic. <laughs> I'm just joking. So, I want to talk about the technology and the new business models that we're going to see as we move forward uh, in the future uh, in terms of human relationships what we'd say, augmented professionals. So let's start there. Where do you think we're going from a, a business model perspective? So uh, you, you said something interesting, the disconnect between what people say they're going to do and what they, they're going to do. It's actually something I said, but that you repeated, but <laughs> yes. still no, as see, interesting. See, <laughs> I stole so, it from you. That's okay. That, that said, I want to actually add an, a third layer to that. There's what people say they're going to do. There's what they do. And there's what they should be doing. Three different things. Okay. And uh, the, the, the first element uh, that, that we need to focus on is uh, to find the gap between when someone tells you they're going to do something with their finances and they don't. I'll give you a very simple example. I tell you I'm an aggressive investor, but the market corrects and I panic. I tell you I'm going to draft a will to protect my loved ones, but I keep on procrastinating and I never do it. So the idea is that uh, this disconnect between what people say in an office versus what they do when they leave that office need to be actually gauged, monitored, and measured in order to start helping uh, clients uh, change their financial habits. Over and above that, there are some best practices, and not every behavior is optimal. So how can we start finding patterns in a particular persona or personality or behavior 
to be able to actually start modifying and intervening in the right way in order to change that behavior. And uh, I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, you can have uh, the best piece of software to teach you all the right habits to educate a child, but you may still need a human being, a mother, <laughs> a father, ideally both, in order to actually educate uh, this child. And uh, I believe the future of advice will be delivering this type of insights for humans to help humans to make better decisions and act on them. Fair enough. I think you have me there. That's where you will win the debate because I'm, I mean, I'm like any other person, and I talk big. And then when you go into the investing world and the market starts to crash, and I've been through a couple of crashes, you start getting emotional like everyone else because the world's coming down. Oh, nobody should be invested at all, and you're thinking, oh, why? I, you know, when I should be probably investing when the market's going down, yeah. it, it, it's hard to do. So I get it, and that's where a. Um, a financial advisor can help uh, significantly. So I got several questions around that, around the business model, et cetera. But let's start with your personal experience with AI and data. Uh, this is making data simple. Yeah. And I'm sure that that goes into the solution you provide. Let's start there. So uh, I feel there's three problems in the data sets that we're analyzing in order to give advice. The first one is a structural problem. Institutions are sitting on so much data, but uh, with their legacy systems, these actual data sets are not as actionable and often the insights you derive from them is limited due to the siloed data within these institutions. Uh, the second problem is, I think, the bigger one, because this one with time, effort, sweat and tears <laughs> can be solved. But the second one is what I like to call the missing link. And uh, if uh, I want to just simplify these data sets, Amazon has consumer data. Mm -hmm. uh, Bank of America has transactional data on the client. But the real question is, what is this missing link, the missing data set that actually can start giving you better insights on the context and the behaviors of people that actually is necessary in order to serve them better? And this missing link requires the creation of new digital experiences new ways for people to interact with each other. Let's start looking at uh, how you go and shop on Amazon. Let's us know your consuming habits. Uh, your, your Uber rides gives you another set of data. Hmm. The question is, how can we start creating a new way of interacting with our clients that connects the desktop of the professional with the mobile or the desktop of the client? And how can we start augmenting these interactions in a way that we make uh, uh, life and financial events easier to manage, but at the same time, we create a new engagement that creates new insights about the client. So that's the second data set. And the third one, which uh, I feel will be the consequence of uh, solving problem number two, the missing link problem, is to start building confidence in people to use these insights, act on them, interact on them, and start uh, creating a feedback loop on this behavior that can create uh, more wealth and more peace of mind for people. So if I heard you right, data and all the silos you got to deal with. So you got to pull data together. In my world, that's all kinds of technology like data virtualization use, et cetera. I don't know what you use, but then secondly, new insights about clients, digital insights about clients, and the third one being confidence. Are it, it, is, is that how your product is using it? Is it able to provide the, um, the, the, the guidance counselor, so to speak, information around insights that they're using digitally and gathering about a certain individual? So, so I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, Al, that I always like to raise. How can you serve your clients 
if you cannot see their changing needs. I'm, I'm not sure that you could. So that's exactly the point. And having a quarterly meeting with the client is not actually enough to really see what's happening in their lives. And it's when they leave the meeting that life starts happening. And emails, phone calls, uh, in-person meetings are not enough of a collaboration mode in order to really get to understand your clients and serve them. So what our platform does, it creates the data that you don't have but need in order to be able to better understand your clients by dynamically finding these points in time throughout the year to have relevant conversations or opportunities to remove friction from someone's financial life. And I can give you a couple of uh, very simple examples. One of them is with the statement. I send a statement with a short video explaining to you my outlooks on the market and the chance to see how you feel about that particular point in time. Another way is uh, tax season. Every year we have to go through tax compliance, sending tax slips, contributing to our registered accounts. I add a digital experience there to start seeing some of the concerns or needs that you have at this point in time. And what our platform has created is hundreds of these digital experiences, we call them touch points, that enable the client and the institutions to interact in much more ease, but more importantly, to deepen the understanding of the client and what they're going through. And that becomes what we call the missing link. What do, what do financial advisors use today? Today, they actually use a lot of things that live on their desktop, and the institution has a static client portal. So you have someone who has the best of intentions that's working, trying to build a plan, analyze your portfolio, look at your investments, look at your insurance needs, and someone who's sitting in their, on their couch with their family, with their loved ones, that at best have a client portal that's static, and maybe a mobile app that doesn't do anything. What we have built is the missing link between the advisor's desktop and the client portal to make it dynamic and to do many other things throughout the year with the people that you hire to manage your assets. So to reiterate what you just said, um, after the last time we talked, you know, I, I'm, I'm giving some financial advisors another, another shot. And I talked to... <laughs> they have hope. They have hope. I know you, after we talked last time, you said you would not recommend one for me. I, I, uh, I, uh, honestly, <laughs> I don't want to get into a fight with people because I've seen you're a tough cookie. Yeah. It's difficult to please you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but what you say is true. I, it still bothers me. And, and this, this channel will probably listen to this. But I asked him, I said, um, how often do you meet? He sees it once a quarter. Yeah. So I got somebody that's going to meet... Uh, and let's let's. It depends on how much, you know, money you're. He's one of the of good course. ones, and he likes you because you got once a, yeah. a quarter. Usually, they get once a year if you don't like them a lot, and once a quarter if you're a top client. So yeah, yes, but th this. But he's taking one percent, or you know, that's. It depends on how much money you put in, but one percent. Let's say just for sake of argument, meets once a quarter, and I asked him how many clients he's supporting. He had seven hundred twenty. Wow. Wow. How could you do that without a technology like what you have there? I mean, I don't know how you could you could know anybody. 100%. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something, too. He spends with you one meeting every quarter. And if he comes and he does something amazing in that particular meeting, and he serves you, and he does some heavy lifting to help you uh, do something that you were not doing before meeting him, the question is, how many other people within his 720 client uh, book have the same need 
And how can you start multiplying your best practices to people that need it? And often what advisors end up doing, they deliver their advice on a one-to-one basis, and there's no tool or technology to multiply their best habits and their best practices. So it's not only the fact of getting the information in throughout the year, there's the fact of multiplying your best practices for everyone that has similar needs. So it's a two-sided problem that our technology resolves. Going back to that technology, you know, we talk a lot about AI and data. You know, the, probably AI and data in this podcast, we need to talk about a lot of other stuff like governance, et cetera. But, you know, we talk a lot about AI and data. The question I have for you, are you implementing AI in any of the projects that you're working on? So basically, uh, we have actually uh, three layers of interpretation on the platform itself. One layer is NLP of unstructured data. Uh, the other layer is starting to see patterns of behavior through the structured touchpoint filling because touchpoints have certain responses that help us identify certain patterns. And the third one is start to codify what does the expert do with that particular pattern. So we're learning from the unstructured data, analyzing the structured data, and starting to identify some processes and different patterns within, within, uh, uh, within our data set. And in reality, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. In reality? In reality, our actual technology is pretty simple. It's not, it's not, uh, um, it it took a while. Don't undersell it. It took a a while to get to that simplicity. We had PhDs working for three years trying to build cognitive maps, fuzzy logic, and different types of systems. And we brought it to a very simple formula that I'm going to be sharing with you. What really matters in financial decisionings are three different pillars that we need to track. Number one is emotionality. This could be I'm stressed about the market, I'm stressed about my relationship with you, or I'm stressed about uh, my relationship with a loved one or life. So emotionality. The second one is follow through. Follow through. I say something, I do it. And the nice thing about follow through, if you're building the right digital experiences, you can very easily see follow through. And the third one is life event detection. Things that are happening in your life. And basically, from these three different uh, elements of uh, uh, understanding and uh, better interpreting what uh, uh, an individual is going through, we recommend touch points to validate based on the need of the client. And based on how the, uh, uh, the client is interacting, we usually recommend one of these four services, either review the portfolio or review the financial plan or review the insurance need analysis or have a meeting and talk with that person. They need a conversation. So are you doing this emotionality follow-through life event detection through AI assistance? Yes. And, and, and data mining? that yeah. you And so that, it, you know, like, in other words, the advisor is flagged and you go, oh, boy, this guy's having a life event that I didn't know about. i got to give him a call. Yes. So basically, uh, uh, at this point in time, the, the different sources that we're getting, emails that come in, question that they ask. Things, by the way, we don't need to, to make AI operational. You don't need to go through this like whole very complex way to go and read the net in order to know if someone is going through something. I'm going to give you a very simple example, and you will see how changing a digital experience can create an understanding that, to, that today advisors don't have. Very simple example. You're my client, and I have a meeting with you for an hour next week. I send you a touch point telling you, Al, your hour is very valuable for me. I want to spend it on the things that matter most to you. Pick and choose from this menu what is really important to you. Tax planning, financial planning, estate planning. I want to look at my taxes. Uh, 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 I want to look at my portfolio. So, so, so basically, by asking this question and by customizing 
your next meeting with your client, you're going to start uh, uh, gathering some contextual understanding of what these clients need. Now, sometimes they won't know what they need. That's the role of the advisor to I was, intervene. I was just putting down a note here. I hate that question. They always ask that question, but I don't know what I don't know. I mean, it depends. If you're going to save me a ton of money in taxes, then yep. hell, I want to talk about taxes. Insurance, the same thing. Otherwise, you know, I'm just... You know, I, I'm going to tell you what I know. So right? that's, that, that, that's great. So th this is why we need to show you more things for you to start interacting more. Example, on our client mobile app, you can have a servicing request that allows you to ask a question as life happens. You can have a structured interaction. That's a touch point that you can go through because I know it's tax season now or it's time to prepare your next portfolio review. But also what's really interesting, you can have a timeline which is a view on every single thing that we've done for a particular client. So it's like a glass door that shows you everything that the advisor is doing for you, as well as the chance to ask questions, to learn more. I want to learn what can I do here, as well as the future actions that are planned. So on the same interface, you can see the past, you can see the future, and you can interact and ask questions. The idea is the following. You cannot actually hope that clients are going to go and bridge the gap between what they know and what they don't to make the right decision. You can just create the context to drive certain conversations and enrich it. And then based on sometimes people wanting to engage on a subject or sometimes people wanting to avoid a subject, you can start intervening in an effective way. So essentially the client and the advisor are looking at the same pane of glass to some in, in, in looking at each other's in, ter, in terms of actions, what they need, et cetera. They can all view it at the same point within yes. the software? Yes. NLP, talk to a little bit more about that. Natural language processing yep. built into your product? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, 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 will, I will tell you where I'm finding the application really work to really uh, uh, interpret the text, understand uh, uh, the text, uh, uh, I think uh, NLP algorithms out there you have at IBM Watson, a few of them I've worked with uh, the Canada Lab and uh, they've brought a lot of uh, uh, ease into interpreting uh, large uh, sets of unstructured data. Where I feel at this point in time uh, uh, it's a bit hard uh, to use NLP is uh, interpreting uh, the be uh, behavior and personality. Mm -hmm. I feel reading text works reading personality, there are some challenges. We've been trying to go deep and figure out why we're not finding great personality indicators just by reading text. I think it's the methodology that they use to actually label the data and profile uh, 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 the data is a bit flawed because they use a lot of uh, uh, Meyer Briggs uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, tests to actually teach, uh, teach the algorithm. And when you come and you ask someone to come and, for instance, uh, fill out a test, Meyer Briggs test and use that as your reference point and then see how they write and start find, finding mm -hmm. extrapolation between both. I think personally the problem in the way these personality uh, insights are actually being built is that the Meyer Briggs test has a big problem in its process. Mm -hmm. What I say about myself and what I do in life is two different things. And what I say about myself in a relaxed setting versus what I do when I have stress is two different things. And my level of awareness and mindfulness as a human being is actually variable and different people know themselves better than others. So as much as psychometrics uh, can work as maybe a baseline, 
I feel that using, if you want relevance in AI and, and being able to have good indicators to make uh, the relationship, that's very human, two humans working together uh, uh, to make the relationship a bit more actionable and the insight a bit more uh, uh, practical, we need to create a box to have narrow operational AI rather than trying to do too much. And uh, I fell in that trap when I first yeah. started developing the technology. I was trying to do a lot. But then we've tainted a lot our product and our efforts in terms of uh, intelligence. So in, in practice, though, then where are you using it? Are you using NLP for social like sentiment analysis or something? Is it, it, so you're doing it's part of the mining the data and mining the information out there digital? So, so basically, we, we, we analyze three data sets on the platform. Number one, uh, all the unstructured interaction. You can chat with your with your advisor, have conversation, and uh, this is what this is the first. Oh, and it'll sense. detect that we're like real time and yeah. So, yeah. so, so th th that's the first element, which is every conversation we can read all the emails and start seeing patterns of uh, uh, of, of of relational interaction. So basically, this is the first data set. The second one, the touch points themselves. I have the opportunity to give us structured data that, that, that have a very, a very high uh, quality uh, uh, signal output. So it's very high quality data because if today the market has just crashed <laughs> and you are looking at your statement right. and I'm asking you a question right now, I think this is a much better gauge of your tolerance to risk yes. than what you wrote when the markets were doing so well on yes. uh, on an account opening form. Right. So that's that's a practical example that that shows these type of digital experiences that can augment uh, the interaction. And the third uh, data set are system interactions. What are they coming in? What are they doing? How often? Frequency. So all of that are signals together that can give us a good uh, uh, gauge on uh, what our clients going through. So I get your your point. Um, you don't want to boil the ocean too much in this, or you won't get uh, good returns on that investment. So you've got to make sure AI has a purposeful uh, the word. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but purposeful use case. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, one thing we had out of research that was very interesting. That's very similar to what you're talking about. Is we do. Uh, you know, customer assistant type of uh, technology where we can measure the sentiment of the client as they're talking on the phone. Yeah. So an agent can look at the screen and see what they're feeling if they're if they're angry or if they're not. And there's actually triggers that go off and say, "Hey, you're heading in the wrong direction. You better, you know, change your rhetoric uh, because you, they're 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 heading elsewhere." I mean, and you, and this could be used in sales and everything else like that if you're going to about to lose the customer, right? And, and by the way, uh, is it recorded voice? Is it recorded? It's on, I don't know if it's recorded. Yeah, I'm sure it is recorded, but it's just on-demand voice as you're talking on the phone. It's the voice. Yes. This makes sense more than an LP reading the text, and I'm going to say to you why. Yeah. Uh, voice, like, you can hear as you, you hear my tonality, tone yeah. going up, going down, and you can feel emotion. Written words have a challenge. Uh, uh, we use and we code the word in different ways, the word. And the words we use are different or are bringing, uh, uh, you could say you're messing with me as something being friendly, or you can say you're messing with me, you're trying to take advantage. So the way we code and the words we use are a byproduct of the environment in which we've developed. Right. So I feel that if you are really looking at the tone of someone's voice talking, like us talking right now, and seeing emotionality, this works. If you look at written text, you have to have a baseline of how do this person code the word? Code the world. It's, you know, that reminds me of like when I'm texting my daughters, uh, they think I'm upset half the time and I'm just texting. I have no, 
Yep. Of course, they've got a whole different language themselves. I, I've under, now I understand you can't just say K. Yeah, apparently it doesn't work. You say, yeah. yeah, K is bad. Yeah, but that's I, bad. I, I, that's, I thought that was good. I, I thought it was, it was efficient. I <laughs> no, thought K was bad. efficient. Apparently you can't do it. I learned Lana's that too. saying that's bad. <laughs> my mom does that. <laughs> and well, we don't know. We yeah. just, I said, what's wrong? It's easy. You just hit no, K. I always think she's mad at me. <laughs> that's Same it. thing. Hey, so... Um, so talk to me, I know you've probably hit on these already, but I want you, speaking of use cases, talk me through some of the wealth management issues like clients are seeing and how your software addresses those specifically. Okay. I just want to make sure it's clear so people know exactly those use cases of the technology and they can take advantage of it. So so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you miscellaneous examples. This That's way, fine. This That's way you, you can see. Um, I'm going to give you a situation where the market just corrected badly. And you come, you look at the, the transactions of your advisor, and you see that the advisor has done no transaction. What will be your first reaction? The market has corrected badly and no transaction. What do you mean by corrected badly? That you means mean- dropped by 30%. And you look at your portfolio and you see nothing happened. What's your first reaction? If I look at my pro, saying that nothing happened, that... Uh- my first reaction is he told me to stay in a market. I stayed in a market. Now, just as I thought, it crashed. It was too high, and he should have got out of it before it was too late. Okay, perfect. So, so by the way, this is, is that right exactly <laughs> no, no, no. This is by the way a very uh, a, a common reaction. Different clients react in a different way. Yeah. But this is a very common reaction. But I'm going to give you now two additional pieces okay. of information. Oh boy. The first one is the advisor didn't look at your assets and just had this philosophy of we, sh- we should not panic and didn't do anything that month. Versus scenario number two, the advisor spent the whole month analyzing every holding you have and made an executive decision that no action is the best action for you. All right, so we got pause. I'm not going to get back into the b- debate because you, you, you're hitting right on it though, right? That's, I, I find my biggest reaction is that they're just, they're not looking at my entire portfolio. They are just saying, hey, it's modern, modern portfolio theory, just stay in, diversify, which for me, I go BS, 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 but I'll turn it back to you. I'm not going to. No, by the way, that's perfect. <laughs> and the idea is the following. Uh, transparency of effort is the most important element of the value proposition. If I cannot do, I cannot know the work that you're doing for me, how would I actually be able to even start the conversation? Tell you is it good or bad or evaluate. You can you can do nothing. So it starts the first element that our platform delivers is transparency of effort. And most people that don't like transparency, they're afraid to open the kimono to show what's yeah, under yeah. the hood. And in reality, we give advisors the confidence to start building these experiences that are so transformative that transparency becomes a competitive advantage and not a threat. See, now I would welcome that. I mean, if somebody came to me and said, look, we looked at this, 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 and this, we compared it to this, we looked at some of these assets over here and you've already got them at a low price and blah, 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 look at the, we think the trend's gonna head in this direction. I could, I could take that. What I can't take is, hey, just stick through it, it's fine, just ride it out. You That's know? very healthy. And this is the way uh, things should be. And let, let's take this particular example one step further. Now, some clients, they really don't care about their assets as much as others from a point of a technical point of view. Everyone cares about their money, but some people look at the investment, some people don't. Now, let's talk about someone that looks at their investments. Some of them get very anxious if they don't know that the advisor is doing their job. 
So just showing the effort removes removes anxiety from the experience. And now we're not talking anymore about know-how. We're talking about experience. So if you're more hands-off and you trust, then being able to really see what your advisor is doing is not that important. But if you're more hands-on and you want to see what's happening, the capability to be able to track is going to enable you to actually feel more confident. So the capability of communication gives you a certain level of peace of mind. Now, that being said, the second element is not transparency of effort, is the knowledge of your client's behavior in order to deliver an experience that's going to make them feel at peace. To get out in front of it proactively or preemptively. Hey, so let me ask you this. So this scenario, the, the market crashed. All right, does your software, if if... if if my advisor is using your software, I can go out and say, God darn it, this thing, the, the, the market crashed. Let me check it out. I'm going to see what he's doing. I can go to your software in that cl- that lens we talked about earlier and be able to view all the actions that have been taken. 100%. So I, I, and, I mean, even without a call yeah. and be able to tell, oh, well, he's, he's got my back. You can, you can go and check what your advisor is doing. So it's a glass door on their behavior. You can interact on a particular question and ask him a question. And by the way, he's not going to be afraid or she's not going to be afraid opening up that capacity because often people say, if I get 200 questions in one shot, I'm going to go crazy. How, how, what can I do? Our technology allows the advisor to answer the answer once to a similar question. With It's not a chatbot. It's their own personal views. And then it gets actually uh, a trickle to all the clients with, this, with the same needs. Because if you have a view on a, on a stock, it doesn't change every five minutes. So basically, it's actually a much easier way for clients to see what the advisor is doing, to ask questions, and for the advisor to act on these, on these incoming questions. And this is just one component that I just described and its timeline. But in reality, it gets much more dynamic than this transparency of the relationship. Events that you have to go through. Today, you do them in such a painful way. You have to call, email, fax, try to do something. Like it's, it's not an easy, and by the way, fax was a joke, but, it's not, <laughs> but in reality, but in reality <laughs> it's actually uh, the, 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 the methodologies for two people in the 21st century working together have changed in every single industry except financial services. We don't have real tools of collaboration to go through continuous event. I'm going to give you a very simple example. One of the banks uh, who uses our technology spent six weeks, six weeks per year, just managing tax season, six weeks, mm-hmm. doing the exact same thing, uncomfortable for the client because they have to call them or get them in for something that happens every single year. With our technology, this goes down for one week or less for the bank, for three minutes or less for the client. So imagine now this quality of experience and the ability to start putting these touch points throughout financial and life events and using this as opportunities now because we remove friction from the interaction to get to know you better, to ask you a question that matter, to make it easy for you to tell us something new. And the more clients use our technology, the more we deepen our understanding, the more we can serve them. Let me ask you this one last question. Is there anything that we haven't said about your technology? Is there anything we left on the table that we need to make sure that uh, we touch on? Yes. It goes live in less than a week. Wow, congrats again. So so that's big because initially uh, the way we built our technology, it took so long for a financial institution to use it. And that was obviously an adoption challenge and it, the ask was very big. And uh, what I tell institution is that while you're focused on improving your legacy systems, 
we're going to offer you a low lift solution mm -hmm. for deeper client engagement. And that's extremely important because uh, I know how busy financial institutions are just playing catch up. But also I know how uh, a much pent up demand clients have, like our last meeting, to actually uh, in, uh, like, like start interacting with institutions at a whole different level. So I feel we are in the sweet spot where while they're focused on their legacy systems, we can offer them something tangible that they can use that will have an impact on their clients. So, but tell me, what does that mean it's going to go live in a week? Does that mean that if I'm a financial institution listening here, I should say, I, I need to go, and you can tell us where to go, to figure out how I can you know, do a, a proof of concept or start using the technology or whatever? What does it mean? That means that uh, if uh, we start working together, I sit down with you in a room and I figure out what are your business objective. Are you trying to increase interactions? Are you trying to offer a service that's not getting traction and that you feel can help your clients? Are you trying to make your team more efficient? And based on these conversations, within a week, I deliver an environment in which you can go and have your own personalized touch points and start testing it with your sales force and with your clients. You may want to start testing it internally, then give it to your clients, but within a week you will have something in your hands to start saying that uh, the technology that we have really works. Now, is this only financial institution, or do you have dreams of broadening this? I mean, I, I would imagine there's some other use cases, whether it's telecom or otherwise, I'm just making things up, but that you could use the same kind of technology for. Actually, we already have uh, a demand from other industries, accounting firm, insurance companies, and legal firms are uh, on, on our roadmap in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, and uh, because anytime you have a, a particular expert that wants to serve 100 relationships or more, they need our technology. Now, some people tell us everyone, healthcare, real estate, recruiting, HR, everyone needs uh, this technology, but baby steps. We are focused on the financial services industry because we know it inside out. Insurance and accounting firms are our natural collateral moves, and, uh, and, and we'll see where the business is going to go. We let the market dictate. So right now it's business to business, uh, and so if you're a customer, a business out there that says, well, I could use this, uh, where should they go? Uh, our website, www.telostouch.com, okay. and uh, uh, our LinkedIn page, and they could simply reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to set up a meeting uh, with someone on my team to give you a demo. All right. We will put that all in the show notes as well. All right. Anything else we miss? We get it? We I, nail it this time? I, I think this was perfect. <laughs> I think you made well, me. I hope so. I think, me, I think you made me sweat for one session, and uh -huh. now you made us bring it home second session. Thank you, know you very what? much. I have to say, I mean, look, it's, this is a, is a topic that really everybody can relate to, right? Because everybody has finances and everybody's trying to save or, you know, do wealth management. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody has some emotion around it. So it was a good debate. I thank you for putting it up thank with you. me last time. Thank you. But uh, the technology um, is very intriguing. I, the, only, the only thing I don't like about it is I can't, I got to find an advisor that's using it today. That's, that's an advantage for the advisor. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see it in action. I want to play with it. Because uh, yeah. I think, look, I would love to see that transparency. That's really important to me. I, I want to get away from the modern portfolio theory that, you know, that, that, that gets pushed down my throat. And I want to go look and, and see exactly how they're managing the business. And that'll give me confidence. I, I would have confidence with an advisor like that. 
I get it. And the good thing is that you're going to be able to see it because I have my computer with me. But that said, your audience, they're going to need to find an advisor and ask their advisor to use our tech. Is it on YouTube or anything that people can take a look at it? Uh, no, but but there is there is a video explainer on our LinkedIn page that okay. explains it. And on our website, uh, there's, uh, there's different sh- uh, uh, screenshots of the product itself. All right, Jan. Before I, let, uh, before I let you go, you're in San Francisco here. San Jose. Yes. What do you do for fun? I mean, did you do you have any fun while you're out here? Or is um, it all business all the time? Honestly, you're here for four or five days, meeting <laughs> financial institutions, VCs, and different uh, uh, people that are part of the ecosystem. So I can tell you that for the last few days, I haven't had fun. But uh, this could change very fast after 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 this interview. Well, it sounds like this. <laughs> it, I know we're going to get a beer after this. See, we're going to we're going to make started. this the real beer exactly. discussion. Exactly. Well, that's terrific. It sounds like this is a pivot point or a springboard for your company. Definitely. And I'm at the the right point. I want to I want to let's let's check in from time to time. Would love that so that we can uh, see how you're doing and uh, go from there. Thank Would you so that. much. Thank you, Al. I appreciate Thank you. it. And for the listeners, again, I appreciate it. Anything, any feedback that you have, hit almartintalksdata at gmail.com. Be happy to answer it. Until next time, I'll see you on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Making Data Simple podcast, where we make data fun. Be sure to visit ibmbigdatahub.com forward slash podcasts to access the show notes and uncover even more great episodes. Remember, the views expressed here are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily represent the views of IBM. Until next time, let's go over and out.